0: hello my name is james mcmillan
1: sally minty gravett
2: hello and welcome to sports Car, jersey a show dedicated to sports that you love on the island on today's episode we have sally minty gravett the long distance swimmer and the mbe and we also have james mcmillan talking to us about judo a big thank you to our sponsor sports hub for sponsoring today's show it's great to see local companies getting behind such an exciting project so soon if you would like to sponsor sportscast jersey please email dpasport19 at gmail.com
1: sportscast jersey the voice of island sports
2: up first we have james mcmillan who is talking to us about judo on the island how big it is and how you might get involved with it what exactly is judo for those who might not know it in detail?
0: Okay, so judo is a martial art that uh, originated in Japan in the late 1800s and was founded by a man called Jigoro Kano, and this became one of the you know the largest martial arts in the world, and it was used by the samurais in battle. So that's a, that's a basic you know understanding of judo, I'd say. And uh, other martial arts have stemmed from it, for example, Jiu-Jitsu, that came from judo.
2: Would you call it a sport or would you call it a martial art? Um,
0: I would call it both, you know, obviously it, it, it was a martial art thir- first, you know, it was used in battle by the samurais of course. But, you know, in recent years as sports, you know, developed it's become a sport, you know, as we know a massive sport, you know, it's um Huge and yeah, so I would say it's both, you know, but you've got to remember it was a martial art, you know, back in the day when it started. But you know, it's, it's a sport, you know, there's still a competitive aspect to it now and you know, obviously with rules in place. Um how big is it in Jersey? Uh, in Jersey it's quite small. Um in recent years it's not been doing so well. I've heard in the past it was um it was, you know, thriving a bit more. I'm not sure, I, can't, I couldn't tell you when, probably in the nineties I would imagine, I think. But um in recent years it's been quiet. When I joined in 2015, it was it was it was really quiet. I was quite surprised. I was expecting like more, but you know, um, it has in recent in like in very recent months and like you know the past year or so, it's really started to grow because uh, with the Jersey Sports Foundation, especially, are quite responsible for it. They've um, linked us with the um, the Brazilian Power Team guys, you know, jiu-jitsu guys, on a you know, fight for gold program, which was basically preparing us for the island game so we could you know we could get a team together so that's that's um we've got a lot of media coverage from that as well which has really helped judo you know it's really put us on the map you know in jersey especially
2: so people know about it now i hope so hopefully it's going to grow how long have you been involved with judo do you remember that very first training session yeah i do i
0: remember coming down my very first training session i was a bit nervous you know walking in and you know you don't know any faces you don't know anything about it but um you know it's been great you know you know i one of the best things I've done, really, starting a martial art. You know, you learn so much from it. You just respect in general. You know, it's good to, you know, you know, you can defend yourself. You know, and it's it's just a hobby, and you know, it's a sport. You take play, you know, you take part in the stuff. So, it's been brilliant. You know, the first session was obviously a bit of a rusty one, but yeah. you, you know, you get used to it and you get better in it. And you know, it's just it's it's a great thing to get involved in.
2: How many times a week do you train? How 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 long does it take to perfect
0: judo? Uh, at the moment, there's um. There's Wednesdays and Thursdays available to train, um, which is twice a week, obviously. Then uh, leading up to competitions, they might put on more sessions. You know, for example, when we went to the Island Games, there was uh, two extra sessions a week. So uh, you know, it varies uh, the sessions. But Wednesdays and Thursdays are generally always on. Um, and yeah, you 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 do need to attend. You know, you you, you kind of need to be consistent if you want to you know start developing and perfecting your your techniques because uh, you know there's there's loads of little things you've got to remember on each technique. You know, it's it's not easy, but. Uh, as
2: long as you stick at it you know you, you can get it you've been to quite a few competitions just tell us about that and how interesting it is to go away to England to compete
0: yeah well competitions for me uh, all, I, I always get very nervous it's just me you know I, I mean maybe one day it will go away but uh, going away to a competition I always get very nervous you know um, but it's it's always I, always I learn from every every time I go away I learn you know I learn you know you you lose, you learn, you know, or you, you know, you win and it's great. But um, going away is brilliant, you know. I've been away to, you know, probably a good, I couldn't tell you, maybe eight, nine, ten over the past four or five years. Um, but, yeah, it's brilliant going away, you know. It's such a good atmosphere, it's, you know, step up in competition. You know, jerseys is quite small, so you're limited with who you can go up against. But, um, yeah, it's brilliant to go away. You know, I improve every time I go away. You know, I come back with, you know,
2: a lot of stuff to work on and stuff, you know. And the Island Games this summer, as you mentioned earlier, just how good was it going away with Team Jersey and competing over there as well? Yeah, that was an immense experience. Um, It's
0: just one of the best experiences of my life, you know. Um, It's hard to put it into words, really, you know. I I, I always see the Island Games as like a, a mini Olympics. It's like the Island Olympics kind of thing, so... I was super nervous leading up to it, but at the same time super excited. I didn't, I didn't know whether to be nervous, excited. You know, the day before I'm there, like losing it, and I'm also like I can't sleep, and it's just, uh, it was brilliant. You know, going away with, with uh, all the guys and stuff. You know, you, you make you make so many friends with the with the opposition as well, and it's um, just a great learning curve. You know, it's just good to be involved with the, uh, you know representing the island as well. You know, so that's always
2: good as well. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you train more leading up to tournaments such as the island games do you think there's enough facilities for clubs like judo in jersey how important is it to keep places like the fort open
0: yeah um yeah of course it's it's very important to keep places like the fort open because you know the fort's you know really a hub for sports at the moment you know you know you can do a lot of stuff here and um i think it's vital that they keep this place open because if this place closes you know it's home to a lot of you know, martial arts and other sports. And uh, if it closed, you know, you'd have to rely on, you know, little sports centers around the island. And, you know, I think you'd see a lot of sports dying, you know, especially martial arts, you know, there's a lot of martial arts that are just purely, this is their home and they don't, they don't have anywhere else to go. So uh, especially judo, you know, uh, that judo, judo would take a massive impact if this place closed. So I think it's very important to keep a place like this open, you know.
2: How easy is it for people youngsters and even grown-ups to join a judo club or a martial arts club in jersey can you do it both competitively and just as a bit of fun as well
0: yeah of course judo is open for competition you know the the competitive side is totally up to you you know you don't have to um you don't have to compete you know they give you the option there's a competition coming up you want to get involved yes no you know it's up to you and if you want to get you know if you're new to it or you want to start you know if you know anyone that does it first and foremost you can ask them they'll get you in touch they'll bring you down or online i'm sure you can find um links and uh contact information for the respective clubs you know um that's how i found it i found it online you know you can uh just contact them or turn up and you know and you know they'll welcome you you know they'll bring you in and you can have a
2: session you know uh finally one more um do you is this the best decision joining a judo club for you yeah you know
0: I'm. I am really glad. I. I I'm really glad. I started a martial art. You know, it's taught me a lot. You know, not just, not just about the martial art, but just in in general. You know, as a. As, you know, it's, um. In martial arts, respect is such a big thing. You know, it's it's taught me, to be respectful. Not that I wasn't before, but you know, you just learn a lot. You know, you, you become humble and stuff. You realize, you know, and it's good to be able to defend yourself. You know not that that's a, a huge problem in jersey but you know it's um it's just it's good it's a hobby you know you compete you know it's, it keeps you healthy you know there's a lot it's a lot to gain from martial art and uh i really like judo i really rate it highly in the martial arts you know it's, it's it's a very effective martial art in my opinion and i'm glad i started it and i'll probably carry on doing it for many
2: years you know i don't know when i'll stop maybe i'll never stop <laughs> that was really interesting a really good point towards the end where highlights just how important fort region is to smaller sports such as judo and all the martial arts it simply can't close thanks to james for his time and i wish him and all the judo community all of the best in the future
1: sportscast jersey the voice of violent sports
2: Up next, it's my privilege to say that I spoke to Sally Minty Graffit, MBE. She talked about what exactly made her an MBE and all her long-distance swimming achievements. I hope you enjoy. Do you remember when you first began to swim, like the very first swimming class? Do you remember those days?
1: Well, I learnt to swim uh, when there were no indoor pools. So I came back from Africa where I was born. And my parents took me down to where Jersey Swimming Club were based, which is, at, which is what now called the Lido, but it was Jersey Swimming Club then. And that's where I started having lessons at the age of three and a half. And then I just carried on and I just loved my swimming lessons in the sea at the age of three and four. I just loved them. Um,
2: so did it always run in your family, swimming?
1: Yeah, my mum and dad were great sports people. Um, My dad uh, represented Jersey at 11 sports and his school and captained his school at seven of those sports. So he was a great sportsman. Both my mum and dad swam for Jersey. My mum did diving and so did my dad. So it it was in the blood, really. And we were all swimming teachers as well.
2: Um, Like you said earlier, you fell in love with open water swimming straight away. When did you think, go away from the pool and think open swimming is my forte this is what i want to do
1: well um because we swam in the sea from the beginning indoor pools weren't even on the island until i was 12 so 1969 when de la salle pool opened that's when jersey swim club started swimming through the winter because we couldn't before um so we started swimming on a monday and a friday night having our club nights at de la salle by the time fort regent pool was open i was 15 already a champion swimmer in my own right having swum in the sea and done a few winter seasons but i became a champion swimmer in the sea at the age of 10 i won my first race and i remember that vividly to this day and for me swimming in the sea was much more natural than swimming in a pool because i'd grown up with it which is why i don't get cold and which is why i'm much more at home in the sea so yeah um the open water thing was uh, Morris Latman um, came and saw what I was capable of doing. He was one of the coaches for Josephine Club as well as school sports. I was captain of school sports by the time I was 15 or 16, and um, he took me to one side and we started doing the swims that Denny's Lapenit used to do yeah. as a breaststroker, and um, I started following those swims, and then I just fell in love with it straight away. So
2: when you well, you said that the pools came in later, how strange was it to go inside to swim rather than in the open water?
1: Well, it was a novelty and it was quite good because it made you faster, which is what we do now in the winter. We go back into the pool to sharpen ourselves up, get faster, get fitter, get stronger. I don't like it. I don't like the chlorine box. I still don't like it, but it has to be done.
2: 1975, you did your first channel swim how did that come about?
1: So um, I used to watch Blue Peter and um, I was watching Blue Peter probably early 1974 and I noticed a young girl called Tina Spry from North London who was on Blue Peter wanting to be the youngest channel swimmer. She was 12 at the time and um, I contacted Blue Peter because this interested me a lot and uh, we made contact with her family. She had a disabled mum and um, she used to live and. swim in lake water and fresh water and i invited her over for a holiday to jersey we lived on a farm at the time so it was really nice for her to come down to the seaside and so she came over um, and we looked after her for a week and we did some swimming together and then um, i agreed or i applied to swim lake windermere in september for the british long distance swimming association race and her dad offered to crew for me so um off i went at the end of the summer, and um, I did the swim. And John O'Hara said to me, He's the swim manager, if you can do that last, you couldn't do the channel. Nobody knew me then. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was a new swimmer to the BLDSA. And so I came back, spoke to my mum and dad, spoke to Morris and Joe Laitman, who are coaches then. And it transpired there was another girl, Linda Devereux, who was the same age as Tina Spry. She was 12, uh, 13, actually, at that time. She said she wanted to swim the channel as well. Then, We booked our swims, because in those days it was very easy to book a swim for the following year. And we also booked, we had a nucleus of six or seven of us that were all very keen sea swimmers that had all been training together for a while. And um, we booked a channel relay and it transpired that 1975 was the centenary year of channel swimming. So it was 100 years from when Matthew Webb had done it. So they were organizing a relay race. So we booked ourselves into it as a Jersey relay. And as as well as that, we were all training and and Linda and I trained for our channel swims at the same time, so it was very vivid. I remember it very well.
2: Um, How was it finishing that first, very first one? How was it to see the French coast? How good was it?
1: Well, I couldn't see the French coast. It was thick fog the whole time. Nowadays, you wouldn't go in thick fog because it's too dangerous because of all the shipping. In those days, the shipping wasn't like it is now. Um, and the pilot I had was a, was a sea-going man. He was a fisherman by trade. He did piloting in the summer and fishermen in the winter. So he knew the water inside and out. He's one of the best renowned pilots there is. So off I went. I had no idea. I was very naive to it. Uh, for me, it was just another swim. Yeah. Um, and because I'd done so much training, I'd done over ni- nearly 900 miles of training that yeah. year um, because I thought that's what you had to do. I was 18 and linda was 14 and we trained together stroke for stroke all summer long we trained and we trained and we trained we went over to dover i went on the first day of the tide swam across in thick fog i didn't even know i was in france until i was three foot above the beach and then i landed there was a french person on the beach with his dog started talking to me in french i talked back to him in french and i got back on the boat and the job done i didn't even have any pictures to commemorate that swim yeah. because morris didn't have a camera uh, hazel Lakeman was on my boat with me to be my chaperone um and my parents were in dover waiting for me to finish so um apart from being a very fast swim um i thoroughly enjoyed it i had great conditions but it was just a swim i didn't really think yeah, the yeah. didn't know the enormity of what i'd done until after i'd done it which is what happens to a lot of people
2: you have done it magnificently every year every decade since
1: is it an addiction does it get any easier Um, I don't think it I I wouldn't say it's an addiction but now I've started with the decade thing and that's come by by accident really it's just the way it's happened Um, for me it's just another goal and it's good for me to focus on something something I know I can do well something I help a lot of people with and um I just love being in the sea and I'm now back in training in the pool in the gym getting stronger getting faster already which I haven't done for the last few years the way I'm doing now I've lost quite a lot of weight so that's going to help me and I would really like on my sixth decade swim next year which yeah. is ball booked um, is going to be quite a good one I hope all yeah. being well um,
2: so you did a two-way swim as well how did that come about
1: So I'd been talking about that since 1992 um, because, so this is a very short version of how the decades thing has happened. So 1975, I did it. 1977, my brother did it. 1979, I was asked by the British Swimming Association to represent them in a race that the Saudis were um, uh, organizing across the channel in 1979. And I was working as a nanny and I, couldn't get the time to train so my brother agreed to do it so at the end of 1979 my brother had two channel swims I only had one so I wanted to get another one but I wasn't in the right place at that time I was just about to go to Canada I went off to Canada I came back after my mum had died and that gave me the the need and the want and the focus to do another channel swim so I did it in 1985 which was for the second decade so by the end of 1985 my brother and I were both Uh, were the only brother and sister in the world that had done two English Channel swims from England to France. And then um, I carried on working. I wanted to start my swimming school. I came back, I got married. Life changed a little bit. Uh, Time wasn't as frequent as as I represented Britain in a few races uh, overseas. Um, And then I came back in to jersey in 1996 started working over here and then I started to focus on coaching other people and then in 1992 I'd always said I wanted to do my sorry my second swim was supposed to be a France England because I wanted I wanted to be able to say I'd done it both ways didn't even think about a two way then but in 1992 I got the opportunity to do a France England. So I booked it and I did it in September by chance because somebody had given me their slot. They were too tired. They didn't swim, they gave me their slot. So I swam beautiful France England swim from Cap Grenade to Shakespeare beach. And then I said, right, well, I've done two England Francis and I've done one France England. Now I want to do another France England to say I've done two of each. And then in 1993, the French coastguards stopped people swimming from France to England and the only way you could do that was to do a two-way so so that was 1992 I then started my business of swimming school in as you well know because you used to come up there for lessons so in 1993 I started my own business on the back of those channel swims I then carried on doing that for another 10 years and then I was headhunted and got another job with Circo at Aquasplash at the opening ceremony the managing directors said to me, if you ever do another channel swim or a two way, we want to sponsor it so this, that was the next focus, Was the next decade was 2005, it was quite a long time it was 17 years since I'd done it before because work had taken over my life and so in um, 2005 I trained for another channel swim and when I got to France my pilot said to me you can turn around we're in a good place if you want to turn around to do your two-way you can do that stay and I went no I'd been sick for uh, about 10 hours and I really didn't have anything inside me and I went I'm not in the right place to turn around so I wanted to keep thinking about doing a two-way or another France-England, but you couldn't do France-England. So 2013, I trained with another lady, Wendy triou She's already done a two-way. She did that in 2013. We started training together on the day of my swim. I was sick again for another 12 hours. By the time I got to France, there was no way I was going to turn around. So I still had this hanging in the balance. I then, as soon as I finished that swim, I went and booked a two-way for 2014. <laughs> I went back in 2014, never got in the water. I went 2015, never got in the water because the weather was so bad for those two years. And then I stepped back from being president of Jersey Long Distance in 2015. I stepped back from being a manager, and I focused on myself in 2016. And just threw the two way in for good measure.
2: Uh, Going back to you speaking about your brother, how good was it having him? As is, was there a bit of a competitive edge that? you want to do one better than him
1: i don't think so really i think i just wanted to equal what he'd done i don't think there was any competition he's a lot younger than me he doesn't swim anymore he plays golf now he's retired um no i don't think there was any sibling rivalry at all really
2: now you teach a lot of people to swim how good is it to pass on your experiences and your knowledge to those growing up
1: I think it's imperative in Jersey that everybody learns to swim. It was my drive to start my own swimming school to get as many people swimming as I could. I think I've done a pretty good job. I did my business. I had my business for ten years. I stayed at Circo for fifteen. So twenty-five years. I've done nothing but swimming teach I retired from that last year I now do private coaching mentoring people across the world for long distance swimming open water swimming I've got made a really good name for myself I think I help a lot of people Um, and I'm now going I've gone back to doing some private teaching of babies and little children which I absolutely love and it's very exclusive it's there's only a few Um, and it's really nice because I do it when I'm here if I go away obviously I don't do it and they're very flexible and they're happy to be flexible because they want their kids taught by me, so it's really nice.
2: Is it good to see, even if they're not swimming, when they grow up, see them growing up?
1: Absolutely. I mean, a lot of the kids I taught to swim back in 25 years ago went to the Commonwealth Games. They've been to the Olympics, not necessarily to compete, but they've tried. They've tried to get in as an Olympian. I see a lot of the kids I taught to swim at SwimRight come through the system are now channel swimmers in their own right. They're now teachers in their own right. They're now on the committee for long distance. And the whole legacy of, that my dad left to me has now passed on to others and it's great. I've stepped back. I can just watch from the outside. I'm now starting to pilot people as of next year to swim around the island and stuff like that. So my whole life is kind of evolving around the water, which is fab.
2: Obviously you teach a lot. Do you think there's enough facilities on the islands for swimming in particular?
1: I do. I think, um, I don't think the quality of teaching is as good as I would like it to be, but I'm not in charge of that anymore. Um, I think there's a lot of people get missed off the line. There's a lot of people still can't swim. Yeah. They've missed the system, they've been left out of the system. A lot of people are frightened to learn to swim and they need the right people. And I think that. Maybe there should be more provisions for grown-ups to learn to swim um, at a good rate, because at the moment they go for private lessons, which is yeah. can be expensive. Um, facilities, I think there are enough. I just don't think there's enough good teachers that use the facilities at the right time for the right people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, obviously, MBE. Um, do you remember when you first heard about that, that you had been awarded it? It
1: was the Queen's birthday in so, April the 21st in 2016, I was standing in the kitchen. My husband was next to me. I got a phone call from the governor, Sir John McCall. And he said, Sally, is that Sally? And I went, yes. And I had actually taught him some swimming lessons. So he knew and we, we knew each other very well. And he phoned me said, I've got some fantastic news. You've been awarded an MBE in the Queen's Honours List, birthday honours list. And I went, oh my goodness, that's incredible. He said, but you've got to keep it secret until June the 13th or 14th or something, because that's when it's going to be announced to the public and the world. I said, yeah, I can do that. He said, but you mustn't tell anybody. But Charlie was, my husband, was stood right next to me. So I told him and then um, we kept it secret until then. And what I did in the interim period, I organized, because it was the Queen's 90th birthday, yeah. so I organized a little garden party for the day after the thing at Government House where they announce it. Okay. And so uh, I invited all my best friends, and my close friends, and my sponsors, and um, I said, oh, I'm having a birthday party for the Queen. And they were like, you've never done that before. What is going <laughs> on? And then, so the Friday night was the announcement at, from Government House. And then they all just sent me messages going, ah, now we know why we're having a party tomorrow night. Yeah, it was a great honour. Do
2: you remember the day? Do you remember receiving it from Prince Charles? I just do. what did he say to you?
1: So it was a fantastic um, experience. I took both my brothers and their wives to, and my husband to, to London. And um, we had the best day at Buckingham Palace. It was absolutely freezing. It must have been below freezing. And uh, the palace isn't very well heated (laughs) and i remember that vividly and you're not allowed to take any phones or anything into the hall where it all happens and it's a real military procedure very british so all the guests go into the hall and get seated we as recipients will go into a back room we have a little practice which is very funny they run through exactly how it works and it's a bit like um, a conveyor belt which is fine they have to do it like that prince charles is standing at the front he's courtiers or whatever they're called are standing on either side of him and you stand at the door with one and you move to the next post and then you move to the next post and then you have to take then you're announced on the PA and then you take three steps to shake his hand you do you curtsy and you have to address him as your royal highness and then Sir Charles after that Um, but I never even got a chance to say that because They all, what they do, is what they read up on you is amazing and they remember it all. He just said to me, I know what you've done. He said, and what I'd like to know. He said, I know what you've done, it's fantastic. He said, but what I want to know is, are you still doing it? (laughs) And I went, yes, I am. Actually, um, I've done a two-way English channel since I got this award. And he went, do you mean there and back? And he said, I said, yes. And he said, well, that's incredible. He said, and are you going to continue to do it? And I said, well, yes, I am. I've got another Channel Swim booked in three years' time, because that's 2016. And he said, well, all I can say is it's about time you were um, honoured for what you've done, and I think it's amazing. And then he pins the MBE on you, you curtsy, you step back, and then you go out of the room, and then you collect your award. It was very, very good.
2: Good story, that. Um, So something a bit different last year, exactly a year ago today, Strictly, Jersey and you won it. How good was the whole experience learning to
1: dance and the actual night itself? So Ashley Tracy rang me up in the August. She didn't even have to finish the question. She just went, This is Ashley from Radio Jersey. We are organising a Strictly Come Dancing for BBC Children in Need. And I went, yes. She said, how do you know what I'm going to ask? I said, I've always wanted to do Strictly. Yes, I'll do it. So she just laughed. So we hit it off straight away. And she said, I have no idea who your partner's going to be right now. And that will all be revealed and sorted out by September. I said, that's perfect. It's really exciting. She said, but keep it secret because it's not supposed to be public knowledge yet. So I had to keep it all secret. I carried on swimming, doing all what I had to do, and I was going over to Greece to be a swim guide for a company in the September. We had a meeting on the 18th of September where everybody was supposed to meet their partners and find out what they were doing. Uh, but Dragos, who was my partner, who's the Romanian professional dance instructor in Jersey, he wasn't there, he was working. So I didn't meet him even on that night. And I was due to go to Greece two days later. So I met him. I. I I met everybody else, and I was told I was going to be doing the waltz with Dragos, and I thought, ooh, that's an interesting choice. Anyway, and I was much bigger at that stage. Anyway, so I went off to Greece, and while I was in Greece, Dragos was messaging me, and we were doing music choices. I said, I need something watery, because I'd like to do it to something that relates to water. So we came up with a piece of music, and then I came back from uh, Greece on the 7th of October, I had one lesson and then he got sick for a week and then we didn't start dancing until properly until the 16th of October, which was a month before the actual event. So we then had to play catch-up and dance every day nearly for a month. Um, but the actual night was so much fun. They did it so well. Um, I was so nervous because it was completely out of my comfort zone. I had special makeup, I had my hair done specially, I had special jewelry, <laughs> special frock. Um, but it was great. And when I won, it was just um, out of this world. I would never have dreamt that I'd have won it at all.
2: And you've carried on dancing, oh, yeah. haven't
1: you? I've become addicted to dancing. <laughs> I'm going there after this. I, you know, I dance at least once a week with Dragosh privately. I do the social dances that are organised. I'm going out to one tonight for children in need at the town hall. I'm just going to go along and dance and support them for that. So yeah, And tomorrow we're having a strictly reunion with everybody that can make it.
2: That's nice. Um, so... Also, recently, you won the Jersey Sports Lifetime Achievement Award. Just how was that night as well? And just how much of a pleasure was it to win that?
1: Well, um, Katrina from Jersey Sports uh, messaged me about a month before that and said we would like you to come to the dinner. And I went, well, I think I'm going to be away. So then she said, well, what's going to happen? she said, Sally's not going to be there. And so she got somebody, somebody else who knows her, Jean Cross who's mixed up with badminton, uh, said, well, I know her brother, let me see if I can get around it that way. So she spoke to my elder brother and my brother said, well, she's not really an easy person to have change plans. Anyway, so he spoke to my husband. We were supposed to be in France, but we had to come back for an, uh, an eye appointment for him. Um, anyway, so we got back the night before and I still didn't know anything about it. I just knew it was an awards night. I had no idea I was going to be a recipient. I thought I was just going to be a guest. So we turned up, I'm glad I had my hair done, I'm glad I wore a long dress, (laughs) because it was a very glamorous night, There was over 200 people there, it was a beautiful night, it was very well organised, it was very superb to be there, and then Katrina said to everybody, well I want all the recipients to wait, because you're going to get piped in with a bagpiper, but all the guests, just go and sit down at your table, and I just went... Well, I have no idea whether I'm a guest or a recipient. And Katrina said, go in with the sportsman. You're an athlete. Go in with them. It'd be good for you to do that. She didn't let on. And then they went through all the awards after dinner. And when they started to talk about the lifetime achievement, and then they started with my history, I went, oh, here we go. But it was wonderful. It was a lovely surprise. I had no idea. It was a humbling, humbling and emotional night. It was fabulous.
2: And... Now in the world of social media as well, how was the reaction online once you won it?
1: Amazing. I had over 700 messages as a result of that. Um, I, it it blew me over. I was very, very emotional. My dad would have been 100 that week. He would have been so proud of... Well, he is so proud of all of us. But he would have been so proud to, yeah. to have been there. But I know he's watching from above.
2: Um, finally what plans do you have for the future and do you have any more boxes to
1: tick it's quite a few boxes to tick i would like to do uh, kilimanjaro that's another thing i'd like to do i'm going to carry on dancing i think i might be in a little competition fun competition next a show dance next year um i've got another channel to swim next year as you know um i don't know the world's my oyster let's see let's see what comes see what people offer me
2: a big thanks to Sal for taking time out of her day to speak to me. It was a real honour to catch up with her and to hear first hand about her experiences. Thanks Sal and I wish you all the best with your Channel Swim next year. I would like to take this opportunity again to thank today's sponsors, Sports Hub, for their continued support. I am extremely grateful. A big thank you to everyone who's listened if you want your sport on the podcast please do get in contact at dpasport19 at gmail.com thank you again to james and sal for coming on today's show and i hope you enjoyed it thank you and see you next time
1: sportscast jersey the voice of violent sport